How many hours and years of our lives do we spend on work? For nearly all of us, we spend 30 plus years and one third of our days in our vocation. More time, perhaps, than we spend at rest or at play. But this isn't a problem. Why? Because work is good. Work needs to be integrated deeply into our lives and must be in line with our most important goals and values. And if it is, we have a far more complete and fulfilling life experience. Welcome to the How People Work podcast, where we explore the intersection of how humans think and act and how they apply themselves to their work. When you understand both of these things, you'll be equipped to be insightful, compassionate, and compelling leaders. All right, welcome back to How People Work, episode, what are we on, four, Jason? Four. Episode four. Uh, and today we're going to be talking about work-life balance. In fact, Jason and I have been talking the last 10, 15 minutes already. We probably should have pressed record before now. Um, uh, but it's a, it's a compelling topic for us. It's one that uh, I feel like, to jump right in, we maybe are one of the one or two generations that have experienced the shift from when the phrase work-life balance made a lot of sense to when now it makes zero sense. Um, and so it's interesting to kind of walk that journey from childhood and seeing what that balance looked like to now that not even being an available thing in life Yeah, and figuring out a way to be okay with that and figure out a way to navigate life in a different way than our parents did. So fun topic, interesting, very kind of philosophical and yeah. uh I'm, and uh ironically very personal and very today personal. yes just knowing that you and i both are kind of starting our work day as we record this which the audience won't know in the evening because wives and children have been sick all day and we've yeah. had our hands full doing other things there was no balance whatsoever yeah. it's, it's 8 30 p.m and this is the first work I've the done work today. was just <laughs> not fringe work it was yeah. other things so um, yeah, I think, you know, this whole notion of work-life balance or this dichotomy between work and life, I mean, where I'd love to start is just maybe kicking around the notion, like, how did we even get here? Mm -hmm. You know, I've kind of engaged on LinkedIn with a bunch of conversations, people talking about this thing. And I think just what's run through my mind um, often is how did we even get to this place where it's like, mm. hey, we've got work-life balance and it's this big thing and everyone's talking about it. And, yeah. you know, work seems to kind of be the enemy, yeah. you know, in that paradigm. And right. it just kind of leaves me wondering, like, how did we get here with mm. that? Yeah, I think it's I think it's coming from a good place. I think the idea of work-life balance is coming from a place where, of self-protection and maybe uh, even better than that, maybe we're trying to protect each other societally or in our in our companies, right? We're trying to look at each other and say, hey, don't overdo it, right? And when we say that, we're always talking about work, right? right. Don't overdo the work, right. right? Don't check the emails too late at night. Don't stay too long. Don't whatever. Sleep under your desk, like whatever, yeah. which I actually would recommend not doing that. Um, it, it's so it's I think it's coming from a good place, yeah. right? But to what you just said, work is the enemy, right? The assumption is work is bad, life is good, life up, uplifts us, and work drags us down, right? right? Everybody's working for the weekend, right? right. I mean, there's, there's songs <laughs> about this and get your paycheck on a Friday. It's five o'clock somewhere. Five o'clock somewhere, right? It's all about getting through the work to get to the fun and the assumption right. that life is all fun and work is all not fun. Um, and it's a means and to an end. It's a means to an end. Yeah. 
And uh, I think that is the paradigm that you and I very much disagree with and would love to tear down in our conversation today if we can. Very much so. Uh, I think we are big believers that work is actually good. Um, And that now there are some qualifiers, like there are some ways in which work needs to be good uh, or can be made good by these qualifiers, right? The fact that the work is meaningful, mm-hmm. right? That I feel confident in the work. I know how to do the work. I have the skills, I have the intelligence. Um, I've got um, the motivation, right? Yeah. Like I, I want to do the work. That That's important. Um, I'm getting compensated to do the work, right? There's, yeah. there's an incentive and there's maybe people I get to work alongside. Like, And so there's not just that, well, I just pick up a shovel and I dig a hole and every single time it's super satisfying, right? right? That's, that's not the point. Um, but it's also not always dissatisfying. It's, yeah. all, always, it's not always toil. It's not always, oh, I'm exhausted. I hated every minute of that. I can't wait to get home and get to my life. Right, right. yeah. Um, well, it's probably only fair to you know, give the devil his due a little bit here because yeah. there is something about this dichotomy that is appealing, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's just a simplicity of something that's that binary that's easy to kind of you know yeah. grasp onto. And I think it's rooted in something that feels a little bit right experientially. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you and I haven't worked together for as long as we've have, you know, prior to our business ventures together, you know, we worked at a place that really wasn't an amazing experience, you know, culturally or otherwise. I mean, it was a pretty excruciatingly bad (laughs) uh, work environment, work experience, I would say. And so, um, like, I can understand the appeal of like, yeah, I did not necessarily look forward to work when I was in that setting. And um, there's maybe a variety of reasons, like ways I could have reframed that. But, you know, when I was living in it in the moment, I I can appreciate the sentiment of people that say, you know, hey, like, I'm just trying to get through the day to get to my life because work sucks. And like, I get it. There's some honesty Mm -hmm. to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, though, I think we forget that life can suck. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, it's you know, evidence you re- by today. Right. If you really break it down, I mean, if there are hard relationships at work and there are difficult dynamics at work, what would make you think that in a world full of human beings, that at work, everybody and everything would be difficult and, <laughs> and frustrating? And in the rest of your life, everyone and everything would just be simple and easy. Right. Right. And smooth. Like, that. that's not real. Yeah. Right? We're going to experience hardship at work, we're going to experience hardship at home, right? We're going to celebrate at work, we're going to celebrate at home. Um, and, and so I, I think we need to, where I love to take the conversation is just talking about, talking about how work is satisfying, right? And when it is satisfying, what makes it satisfying? And I know you've got, you got a bunch of notes that you put together in preparation for this, um, but I've got some personal stories I want to tell too. So just tell me when you want me to jump in on that. Yeah, part. yeah, for sure. Well, and I think one of the things too that's worth calling out here is this sense that um, all the good things to be had that we can experience mm-hmm. don't take place in work. So I think that's one of the other things that happens when yeah. we make this dichotomy is like work's bad, life's good. Mm-hmm. Therefore, joy, happiness, fulfillment, all of those kinds of things live over here in life and inside of work. It's really just a means to an end. It's become something entirely transactional and it's, you know, wages for time and effort. And that's literally it. And the wages are what afford us the ability to 
experience and enjoy all these other things. And it just feels like a really shallow way to approach life. And we spend so much time at work because it's necessary and practical for a whole variety of reasons. But, um, you know, more so than that, I think what we want to suggest and convince people of is that there's all of those things, you know, joy, happiness, fulfillment, purpose to be found in the work itself. If it's designed with intention and set up properly. Yeah, absolutely. I think when I look back over, you know, the last, I don't want to go too far back, but even just two years, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, some of the very most fun moments, the most meaningful moments, the most compelling moments, the, the moments that changed me, um, they happened in, in very close correlation with work. Right. You know, or they happen in a physical place like this one, the Fringe Clubhouse in Richmond, yeah. Virginia, that, you know, that I associate with work in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, standing about 12 feet that direction, addressing our, our company at our first Fringe Fest. I, I don't know that I've ever had, you know, I shouldn't say this because I have five children, but it was a top <laughs> six moment. I also got married. Seven moment, right, uh, of my life. Not because I was standing there or had the microphone necessarily, yeah. but just looking at, looking around and looking at the faces of the people that had given over trust, you yeah. know, uh, to come and work with or advise or invest in or whatever this company that... We started based off of an idea that we once put on a sticky note and stuck to a right. wall, right? Um, what did you and, feel in that moment? Oh, man. A lot of things. Um, I think a deep, deep satisfaction that um, something that I didn't believe that was for someone like me became something that I got to experience. Yeah. That, that I didn't, I didn't ever believe I had the pedigree, the intelligence, the connections, the whatever, whatever yeah. it is that you need to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've talked about that, yeah. just how, you know, there's people you've come across from, you know, your life in high school and yeah. they say things like, wait, Jordan is what? J- Jordan Peace? Jordan Peace. <laughs> We're talking about the same guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is he like a cousin? Are you, you sure? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think I felt that. Um, I also just felt insanely connected to the people in the mm-hmm. room because I knew so many others. It wasn't just me. There's so many others that put their blood, sweat, and tears right. into getting to that moment as well. And, and thinking about who was going to benefit from that down the road and all the, all the people that own portions of the company and what it would mean for their lives in the future. And I felt all kinds of things, you know, and all of that was because of work. Yeah. Like a a whole lot of work. Yeah. It took a lot. Yeah. When it was just the five Um, of us and kind of grinding away, doing everything. And it's still a whole lot of work, but it's, it's satisfying. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's stressful. It's, but it's also incredibly satisfying. And Mm -hmm. that is more than I can say about, most of my week-long beach trips that mm-hmm. I've taken in the last four years, much yeah. more than I can say, you yeah. know? Like, it, yeah, leisure is great, you know? Sit on the beach, read a more book. More deeply satisfying. After like three hours, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, I can't I imagine it. sitting on the beach for three hours with a book <laughs> at the stage that we're well, at. Yeah, so. I, mean, I say <laughs> sitting, I mean chasing children, but right. but I'm, I'm there, you know, on yeah. the beach. But I don't know, it's it's... I don't know that to me, I, I think we just forget, we forget to 
reflect and reminisce on what's actually happening in our lives and and and, and what are the yeah. moments that are actually really impacting us and where where are we laughing where are we shedding tears where are we like really feeling you know and I, and I'd argue that many of us experience just as much with our co-workers and in a work setting of that meaning and that growth than we do anywhere in life you know and I, I don't think we need to those two things don't need to compete with one another. All right. we have is life. Right. It's just yeah. life. Yeah. And, and work is uh, sh- hopefully could be a really, really satisfying part of life. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, in that moment for myself when we had everyone here for Fringe Fest yeah. thinking, I, I can't believe that this just random idea that we had is like actually coming to life the way that it was. Cause I, I mean, you know me and how idealistic I can be about things and you know, my visions probably far outpace like my actual capabilities. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that we were standing there, you know, I didn't know you were going to say capability when I decided to agree with you. <laughs> that was not an insult. <laughs> well, I think it's true though. I mean, you know, the, the fact that we had, I don't know at that time, it's like 50 some people that were yeah. part of this, journey and this mission and I think very much felt um, like they were experiencing something, you know, inside of the company that we created and um, it just felt kind of wild. But I think it, you know, it speaks to um, something I think is important in this whole concept of, you know, how do you manage work and life and Mm -hmm. what does that look like Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, what are you aiming for? You know, what what are your goals and all that? Cause it would have been one thing if, you know, our goal sitting out with fringe was like, Hey, we're just here to, you know, make a crap ton of money and, Mm -hmm. you know, build a cool tech product. And that was it. And I think given the fact that neither of us had ever had a lot of money or built a tech product, you know, all we really had was like, well, Hey, it'd be really cool to, you know, build something awesome, you know, for these people and for our families, of course, as well. But, um, you know, those, those weren't separate goals. I wouldn't say. I think they were really kind of inextricably linked to yeah. one another. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it'd be interesting to you know take a little bit of a look um, at some of the historical context here because I think yeah. that's really useful as it relates to you know just how did we arrive at where we're at today and right. maybe some of the differences and you know sort of how over the course of most of human history work has been experienced and viewed by humans and really kind of the paradigm we're living in is extremely recent um, in that context. And so uh, I'll give kind of a quick flyover. And then I know there's some topics there that we want to delve into a little bit further. But, um, you know, this may be obvious to some, but, you know, really sort of human work originated in agrarian societies where work was primarily focused on, you know, agriculture, animal husbandry. I couldn't help but think of Age of Empires, when I was putting down some of my notes, how you start out in the game and nerd alert. Yeah. Nerd alert. Um, but you know, it was cultivating crops, raising livestock. It was very, um, in touch with the land. Like you were producing the food that you were going to eat to literally survive and provide for your family. Um, that work was often communal in nature. Mm. And so uh, it wasn't just you kind of off on your own. It was often with 
others in the community and, or family around you uh, working together yeah. to accomplish these things. And the work that you accomplished, I think it was so clear how that work impacted the entire community. Right. <laughs> right. right. If you didn't do your job, then people didn't eat. That's right. Know? Yeah. And if they didn't do their job, then your crops weren't protected from the wild animals that wanted to eat them and et cetera, et cetera, around the go. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's an important idea um, as we start to come yeah closer to the future in this. So kind of following that, we had sort of the rise of trading networks, marketplaces, people began to specialize in trade. So there was kind of a shift towards commerce and trade. So agriculture was still very much a part of what that human work looked like, but there was more of the exchange of goods and services. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, you have something, it's it's more efficient if I produce this thing that I'm really good at producing and you have the, and we can trade and in that trade, you know, we're gaining some efficiency and sort of our endeavors, humans. And so uh, work started to become a little bit more centered around these marketplaces and trading hubs. So it actually, I'd say in some ways brought the community even closer together mm-hmm. because that interconnectedness and reliance upon, right. you know, the specializations and trades and, you know, craftsmen and whatnot yeah. uh, became really important. Uh, and then, you know, we started getting into a little bit more of the modern era that I think people are going to be more familiar with. So the industrial revolution obviously was a huge shift in the way that people worked, you know, the rise of factories, mass right. production, um, people working in these factories, things becoming more mechanized and so forth. Um, Kind of the repetition of time. I mean, in some ways, like that was sort of where work started to become a little bit more removed and disconnected from, say, the land, from community, from relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's where the phrase, like being a cog in the wheel. Yeah, that's where the transactionalism started. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the really quick evolution has been, you know, the service industry, right? right? So in the 20th century, this is really in like the 60s and 70s, primarily uh, work shift towards the service sectors. So industries like healthcare, education, hospitality, et cetera, things that weren't actually producing goods, right. uh, but were providing services for people. And so, um, and then the most recent shift, obviously, has been technology. So works more and more digitized, decentralized jobs are done remotely, uh, you know, works reliant on that technology and automation, uh, gig economy, freelance work, all these things have become um, much, much more prevalent. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things as I was making some of these notes, and I know you have some thoughts on this too, is um, over the course of that history, I couldn't help but notice how disconnected the work has become from the actual human impact that it yeah. has at the end of the day. And you kind of alluded to that yeah. right at the beginning with your comments around, you know, the food that we produce and you know where it's going and some of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think our work, I, I mean, when I say our, I mean like as a species, like mm. our work produced several things, you know, that were really obvious, you know, in the in, back in the day, right? One is that we felt our work. Right. It was very, very physical. Um, there was a limit to the amount of work could be that could be done simply because your body could only handle but so much strain. Right. And then we rested and then we worked and then we rested. And that was the natural order of how things worked because it had to work that way. Right. Because our bodies had limitations. We were yeah. also limited by nature. Nature, yeah. by weather, by light, you yeah. know, by when we could see to do the work. Right. Right. And speaking of seeing, I think there are two, two different ways that we could see our works. We felt our work, 
we also could see our work. One is that we could see our work in the physical environment around us, right? So at the end of the day, the crop that was not harvested was now harvested. The the wall that was not built was now built or partially built, right? Mm-hmm. The the field that was not plowed is now plowed, right? I could see that which was undone is now done, and I have I've earned this rest, and I also need this rest. And right. I, I can see, but I also can see really tangibly the impact on the people around me. Right. Right. I, I can see that I produced X and that person needed X and they got that thing, right? And now their family is fed or safer or whatever. I protected the flock of their sheep because I'm a shepherd and that's my job and no sheep died today and therefore that family is better off, right? (laughs) Whatever the case may be. Um, Many of those things we've lost, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, There's something really instinctual about that. I think yeah. reciprocity and human yeah. nature that I, I think is um, sort of intrinsic. Yeah. And, you know, you really lose that when you start getting away from, you know, the really kind of earthy yeah. relationships uh, with, you know, both the land, you know, the way work was performed yeah. at that time, but also the community that, you know, just literally lived next door. Like mm-hmm. work was for the people right. immediately around you that you saw all the time. Yeah, Absolutely. And uh, I think um, we talked about this in the previous episodes. I don't want to harp on it, but I I think one of the things that took place in the modern era when things did get more transactional, and I think people started to feel as though they were that cog in the wheel, and it was very much like, I'm going to trade my time for money, and I'm going to get home, and that's Mm -hmm. it. And then the community was at home, right? right? Now, whether that was... uh, social group or a place of worship or uh, just the neighbors right around you and sort of the community that you created right there geographically, whatever it was, that was community and work was work, mm-hmm. you know. And and then through the technical, technological, you know, arena, and then I think kind of the decline of many of the more social and, and religious aspects of, of life, people are more isolated in their home life. There's not so much of a sit out on the front porch and wave at the neighbors and know everybody that's right there physically around this. That still happens, but it's not so much the focus as what's going on on this screen, right? right? And so I think what's happened, people still are communal. They still need community, but they're now they're seeking community at work, right? Right. They're seeking community with their coworkers so much more. I mean, almost everybody I talk to that's our age, we're 37, by the way, and down, when I ask, like, who, well, who are your friends? And they're like, this is who I work with. Mm-hmm. You know, and there might be, like, one or two leftovers from college. Yeah. You know, and that, that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, and then when you switch jobs, some of those stay and some of them don't, and they pick up another group of friends the next job. It's very much around the work, and so work and community have come back together. Right. You know, and it took a long, long time for that to right. happen, but it's actually an exciting thing, I think, yeah. that work and community are, are more tied again. Yeah. Yeah. Or there's at least the potential yeah. for it to be yeah. more tied. Because I think, you know, as we talked about, and I think it was the last episode with kind of the native analog, native digital thing, one of the things I think we just maybe haven't quite figured out as yeah. a species is how do you do community well right. in this kind of digital virtual world. And I think it's something that we're we're sort of experimenting with as we go here, you know, yeah. as a species and kind of figuring those things out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Yeah, and, and speaking of that, I think uh, I think that the connectedness, and, and, and we're talking about connected to people, but I think just the, the plugged-in-ness of life, that we just have the information stream constantly. And, like, I was thinking about that. I was thinking, like, generally, generationally, and, like, what did I experience as a child, mm-hmm. you know? And this will sound a bit anachronistic in 2023, but it, as a child, I remember... You know, my mom and dad, my mom actually got home from work before me. So I more so focused on my dad here, getting home from work. And I could tell that he carried his work with him in his mind, right? At least for the first 30 minutes, hour, two hours. I could tell it was ruminating, right? Especially when I was older and more observant, right? Than just running and grabbing his leg and (laughs) demanding his attention, right? Uh When I started paying attention. But he didn't bring work in the door there was no, there was no computer. Well, it just, it just literally wasn't. Uh-huh. There was no notes. There was no, there was nothing. Right? He managed a factory. There wasn't anything for him to do. And so when he was at home, he was at home, unless there was some emergency call of come back to the work. Right. Right. He was just there, and there was, and and it was forcible. Right. We talked yeah. about like the weather dictating that, or we talked about light dictating women could work geography dictated that he right. could not work because he wasn't at the work. Right. <laughs> right. Not him, you know, and it's nothing against my dad, but it wasn't his discipline. It wasn't his good decision making. Right. It was the environment. That caused the work to be put away. Yeah. And the family to become the focus. It was just geography. Yeah. But now we have an opportunity, no matter where we are, and we always say, well, we really need to unplug from work. We need to disconnect from work. But we, we don't disconnect from home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I don't, I don't come in. I mean, whenever I do come into the office, it's just not all the time. But I don't, I don't like turn texting off. Right. I don't turn the notifications off from like the MLB app or uh-huh. whatever news apps that I get things from. So my life is streaming at me. Yeah. While I'm working and while I'm supposedly doing life, which is a separate thing, yeah. apparently. The work is streaming at me. Yeah. Right. So there, there, there's no. Yeah. Which is a huge difference because I'm thinking huge. about your dad when he was at work. Right. Like if your mom was calling him, it was a big emergency. Oh, oh somebody was, better be dead. Yeah. You don't, you don't interrupt the work day for right. just idle chit chat. There wasn't you texting. Know? Yeah. Like, there's no hey, texting. what are you eating for lunch? And no. There was no plans being made for right. that evening or whatever. Yeah. You just, you figured it out once you were physically together and. And so I I just think we need to like understand that for the first time in human history, we have the opportunity to find out any information we want anytime, Mm -hmm. no matter if we're at home or at an office or at a coffee shop or wherever the heck we work, like when I'm in my closet in my bedroom working most of the time. I can find out anything that's going on with my people, you know, my family, my community, whatever you want to define, my tribe. And I can find out anything that's going on with work. I can find out anything that's going on in the world, mm-hmm. right? And so really it just comes down to a, a discipline of understanding how many things that's should I let word. in. Yeah, no. How many things should I let enter my brain in one given day? Uh-huh. Yeah, how much can I take? So it's not so much about the physical toil right. anymore of just like, well, I work until I fall down yeah. and then I stop, right? But we don't fall down because of our work, most of us, anymore. We don't, we don't hardly use our bodies at all. But we do fall down mm-hmm. mentally. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a stress. There is an anxiety that is um, 
sinister. Yeah. Right? It's sneaky. Right. You know, because we're just like, well, I don't know. I really haven't done all that much today. But it's like, but you did read like 200,000 words, you know, between the you text read a bunch and the of emails and the emails. And the, yeah, that whatever. really stressed you out. Right. Yeah. But it does because it's just stuff. Yeah. You know? Um, and so it's, well, I think so you're that's why I go back to like this work-life balance idea, the heart behind protecting ourselves in some way is good, right? but it's not protect from work because work is all bad. Right. We need to protect from something. Yeah. So, that, and I think you're getting at, yeah. um, when I've pushed back at some people on LinkedIn, like in these conversations, like, I, I don't think it's work. I think it's the content of the work mm. or what's going on during the work. And so I think there's probably two streams that come to mind for me. And one is very much what you were just describing, which is, you know, the things taking place, you know, whether it's in our work day or whether it's in our life day yeah. <laughs> with our family and stuff are, you know, creating that, um, stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. So like there's maybe two themes there, kind of stress and anxiety, kind of what we're experiencing as a result of, you know, what's coming at us all the time. And then this notion of um, connectedness and disconnectedness and mm. sort of connectedness, which I think we probably often take as a positive thing. But right. in this case, I think kind of what you're implying is that, you know, we're too connected all the time to everything happening yeah. at every moment. And it's just simply overwhelming. Completely. Yeah. I mean, you, you used to think about like work is eight hours mm -hmm. and life is eight hours and sleep is eight hours. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was sort of how you broke up your day. And so we used to say things like, well, if you're going to spend one third of your life doing something, you better love it. Right. Yeah. Like, but like, but it's not so much that anymore. We, we still hopefully spend about a third of our lives sleeping. So we still have this other 66%. Right. How much of that 66 are we connected to the entire world mm -hmm. with the computer that's in our pocket. Yeah. How much? 65 out yeah. of 66? Yeah. Do you even ever not take your phone to the bathroom? Yeah. I don't. I take it to the bathroom. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, in the shower. The shower you. might be the only time, and I've even broken that rule because I've had to be on a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> you know? in Ignore the, the sound of running water. <laughs> it's my kids. You really just want to know kids. what phone call Everybody that was. Believe, yeah. <laughs> Everybody believes you when you just blame kids. Um, it's usually true. But, you know, like that might be my 1%. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. The, where I just, it's not going to ding. It may not even be in the room. That yeah. might be, and that's my own problem. I could do better than that probably, but... I don't think I'm abnormal on that front. Nah, so what, you know, I guess the question is, what do you do with that 66% right. of right. your time? I yeah. mean, because some amount of it's going to be, you know, performing work yeah. out of necessity yeah. because we do Cash. need yeah. to earn money to live and, yeah. you know, basic necessities. Right. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a interesting question because mm -hmm. I think it's not, it's not about hours. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something I always great at when I see people comment or make statements it's like, ah, it's just, you know, like whatever, you know, like if I get my work done in four hours or eight hours, I'm like the whole paradigm just doesn't even seem right to begin mm -hmm. with. It's like, who cares? Like yeah. we should be aiming at just fulfillment. Yeah. Right. In right. those, right. in that Being 66%. successful in the work, finding satisfaction in the work, right? right? Like doing what you promised that you would do either with your coworkers or your employer, like being a person of integrity and like, yeah, you're yeah, fulfilling yeah. the, the well, role. Well, that's not unique to work. Yeah, right. And so right. I think that's even not where, you unique, know, we yeah. probably say like, that's where we're trying to tear down this wall between yeah. the work and the life is like, well, 
the values that you hold highest, yeah. I think should fill all of the time yes. that you're not sleeping, yeah. right? And so really. it, it's not a matter of whether I'm at work or at home. It's like well, the things I'm aiming for, I think are the same, right? Like yeah. if I desire, you know, flourishing or purpose or meaning for myself or my family or whatever, like some of that's going to be in work, some of that's going to be at home, but they're not separate in some fundamental kind of way. No, I don't, I don't think they are at all. And and I wasn't trying to be the old fogey that's attacking the 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 phone in the pocket and uh-huh. that, that's the enemy. That that's not the enemy. It's not right. the it's not the hardware, right? Right. It's it's our inability to process what you're saying, which is what is most important to me. What goals do I have in yeah, life? Exactly. Where what am I aiming at? I don't know because I'm busy reading my 45th article this morning. Right. So I can't I don't know what think. I'm aiming at. So I don't think. I, I don't have time to stop and think. Right. And I, I so I want to get it. So you you talked about stress and anxiety and I, I think those are things that are maybe easy scapegoats yeah. because we all feel them, all you know, them. and yeah. you know, sometimes it's overwhelming and I, yeah. you and I have both been there yeah. personally in those moments where it's felt so overwhelming that, you know, you literally can't work, like yeah. can't do anything. Um, but I, I think there's something more to it. Like what, like, what is it that maybe goes beyond just, stress and anxiety because i mm. i think that's too superficial maybe yeah i don't want to summarize it with the word purposelessness that <laughs> it sounds too hopeless but it's it's not that our lives are without purpose is that we're often unaware of the purpose okay. and we're often forgetting to align what we're thinking and how we're spending our time and what we're doing with the purpose and so we're just really anxious because we're just we feel like we're just being pulled around, yeah. just being blown about by the wind as opposed to actually steering at all into any sort of direction. Yeah. That is a really anxiety-inducing feeling, just yeah. like I'm watching the days and the years tick by and I don't even know what I'm doing here. Yeah. Right. And then the other thing I think is fear. Yeah. I think we're terrified, you know. Um, one, the pace of change in the world is faster than it's ever been ever and is getting faster. So like whatever I learned today is useless in like five years. Right. (laughs) Like that's scary to ever feel accomplished enough, smart enough, good enough, capable enough when you've just got to constantly, to use a very millennial word, like reinvent yourself Uh all the time, right, to kind of keep up. Um, And I think also if we don't spend a whole lot of time creating community and like intimate community and having real relationships and real conversations. And we don't have a lot of people in our lives that really affirm us. They really yeah. tell us, tell us like, actually you, you are good enough, yeah. you know, and like help us, help us understand our place in the world. Yeah. You What's know? really interesting about that too. I'm just thinking about it in my own life is having that community helps you articulate your values. Yeah. And if you don't articulate those values, then you experience that anxiety. Right. And there's actually, it's a psychological principle, you right. know, that when, when we don't have clearly articulated value hierarchies that we orient ourselves around, yeah. that literally the, the biological result of that is anxiety right. because we're not orienting. It's a recipe for mental chaos. Right. Because we're not yeah. orienting our lives in any kind of way towards yeah. anything that we hold in high esteem. And right. so I think 
you know, there's two really critical things that I think you just pointed out there. One's like, what do we care most about? Mm -hmm. And are we orienting our lives, work or home, wherever, towards those ultimate values that we have? And then what community helps point out and kind of hold us to, you know, those things or explore those things that we find most valuable. And encourages us that we can actually pursue and be successful in whatever those endeavors are. Yeah. 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 So I think maybe to start wrapping this up a little bit, there's some probably practical takeaways from that. I mean, you know, what would you say for, you know, individuals who are listening? And I'm sure there's people who are, you know, feel like, hey, I don't have like the best work experience (laughs) at this moment. Like, what do I do? (laughs) Like, how do I think about some of this stuff? Yeah, I I think... um it would be easy to 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 tell people to remove things from them from their lives. I don't think it's actually very good advice because nobody's going to follow it. Right. So so what I would suggest is adding things to your life. I know it sounds stressful, but like add ten minutes a day where you don't have a phone mm-hmm. and you have a notebook and you have a pen. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes. You know, you could do that every day for like I don't know. 14 straight days. I'm, you know, I don't know what the magic number is. Right. I I can't imagine how much more you might know about yourself, about how much how much more you might know about what you care about, right. what you kind of believe in, what your worldview is, right. what you prioritize, what you hold in high esteem. I like that expression. Yeah. You know, we don't know because we don't think. Yeah. And we don't think because there's always something going in. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing can ever come out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because we we don't ever have the time. So produce something, produce a sentence right. a day of just something that matters to you. Right. The first day is, I love my kids. Yeah. That's enough. Yeah. You know, so I would add that, yeah. you know, in, into life. Um, and then I think through a process of doing something like that, then you can begin to reflect on, do I have the right job? Right. Am I in the right career? Am I like, you know, but yeah. like, in, I wouldn't think any of those thoughts until you spend some time figuring out who you are yeah. and why you are, right. you know? Yeah, because I think the work, yeah. the work can actually be infused with purpose yeah. when you start to explore those totally. ideas of totally. what actually matters most to you. And you might find out, well, actually I'm doing work that, yeah. you know, turns out is actually fairly in line with, mm-hmm. you know, this. but before I really sat down to think about it, I was just kind of all over the place because yeah. I really didn't know. And I hadn't articulated, you right. know, what I want. And most work was the enemy because the work just gives me more tasks to do and my yeah. life already feels full. And yeah. so I just need to get away from it so that I can relax, even though I don't know how to relax. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's great. I mean, I think the one other thing I'd probably add, and this would be more for, you know, people who lead people or people who are kind of building companies and mm. so forth. There's something that I always said to my team, um, you know, as I was working with them is, you know, to to the extent that you can help people that you work with or manage, align the actual content of their work to their things that they're excited about, that they love doing, that matches their strengths and abilities and so forth. And it's never gonna be 100% perfect, but you know, a job job description is really just something that's necessary (laughs) for legal purposes, but it really doesn't match what most people end up doing in their day to day. And so I think the the word I'd probably use is um, intention or intentionality, Mm -hmm. you know, so for people who, 
our managers and leaders of people is kind of using that intentionality to help design work for the people that they lead on their teams and try and align those things more closely. All right. Lay it on me. We got to wrap it up. We, I need That's a right. word for next episode. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but I, I, did. I nailed it on this yeah, one. Yeah, I was ready this time yeah. too. <laughs> so the word of the day for our next episode will be tantamount. You just keep up in your game. And I, I appreciate you, it. You love the word games. So, word you know, games. we're going to make this fun. Uh, all right. Well, thank you. Uh, thanks, Jason. And for the for the riveting conversation. And also thank you to our listeners uh, for tuning in to episode four on work-life balance. We'll see you next time. <laughs>